Hey, and welcome back once again to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. Today we are rounding out the, the story of Lazarus and the, the very ending of, of John chapter 11. Now, my name is Mike Freeman, uh, and I'm the pastor of Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And if you're just now jumping in, what we've seen so far is that Lazarus fell sick, and Jesus said that that sickness would would result in the glory of God. Well, subsequently, Lazarus died. Jesus went and, and visited the, the tomb. Upon visiting, Jesus is moved with compassion. He's he's weeping. He's he's uh, he's deeply moved, and he ends up resurrecting Lazarus after he is claimed to be the resurrection and the life. Now there's this great moment where Lazarus is alive, and now we're going to see um, uh, once again. The, the the variety of responses to Jesus and and what we're actually going to see is is what's going to be that really a turning point in Jesus's ministry. So let's jump in. We are in John chapter eleven, starting in verse forty five. Here's what the text says: it says many of the Jews therefore who had come with Mary and had seen what he Jesus did, they believed in him. This is great. They believed. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. They are tattling, right? Or they're, they're you know, hey, Pharisees, you got a problem on your hands. Jesus is resurrecting people from the dead now. I mean, when he was turning water to wine, we could handle that. But now he's resurrecting people from the dead, right? So the chief priests and the Pharisees gathered the council and said, what are we going to do? For this man performs many signs. They are circling the wagons. What are we going to do? How are we going to deal with this Jesus they continue, if we let him go on like this, everyone will believe in him and the Romans will come and take away both our place and our nation. So they have this self-preservation mindset. They are worried about the consequence of, of letting Jesus continue to be seen as the Messiah. But one of them, Caiaphas, who is the high priest that year, said to them, you know nothing at all, nor do you understand that it is better for you that it is better for you that one man should die for the people, not that the whole nation should perish. Now, what is he saying? He's saying, we've got to get this guy killed. We, we've got to sacrifice Jesus so that the Romans will not come and terrorize us further. Now, verse 51. He doesn't realize what all he's saying. He, he did not say this of his own accord, but being high priest that year, he prophesied that Jesus would die for the nation, and not only for the nation, but also to gather into one the children of God who were scattered abroad. He's prophesying, and he doesn't even know it. And this is a, an, an incredible prophecy. This is so that the children of God would be gathered to him through Christ, specifically through Christ and his death. Verse 53. So from that day on, they made plans to put him to death. Jesus, therefore, no longer walked openly among the Jews, but went from there to the region near the wilderness to a town called Ephraim, and there he stayed with the disciples. So here's what happens. There's this, this incredible miracle. Lazarus is resurrected from the grave. There is this uh, unbelievable response. We have to kill Jesus there is this, this insightful prophecy. It is better for one man to die than for everyone to have to face the consequence of, of sin. In powerful prophecy. And then the, the result is Jesus now, his public ministry dramatically shifts. 
He is no longer going to be doing this public ministry out in, in Judea and Jerusalem where, where his visibility is going to create an easy target. He's going to, he, he's going to in a sense, um, kind of change directions for a while until the time of his arrest and crucifixion. Now, what is our ancient way for our modern day here? Our ancient way for our modern day, I think, is it's really one where we just marvel in the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God shows us that God is using Caiaphas, someone who is un, an unbeliever in Christ. He does not believe in Christ, and yet God is working in this man's life in such a way to bring truth to bear on the situation, to show us that Christ is, in fact, he is the Messiah, the long-awaited promised one. Just like all of the Old Testament prophecies are fulfilled in Christ, even now we have New Testament prophecy from the high priest showing us showing us that Jesus is in fact the Christ. Now the other thing this does is in our story it it, it turns up the plot um, the tension meter on in the plot because now we know that they are looking for a way to kill Jesus. Well this is going to come into play over the next uh, next half of the book of, of John. but for now our ancient way are for uh, for our modern day, I want us to just marvel at how God at just the right time sent Jesus and in such a the right way so that the human actors in the story, that they would be lined up in such a way that, that they would prophesy even of Jesus in his atonement or his atoning death on our behalf. This just gives us confidence in God's plans for the world, confidence in God's plans as fulfilled in Christ, and confidence in God's plan working even in our life today. We can trust him. We can trust him because he's always been faithful and his work, his, his decrees, they always come to fruition. This is a, the trust we have and this is our ancient way for our modern day.